All right, I'm good. I'm All good. Right. Are you okay, Carlos? I'm scared. The people just dropped out. Oh my god, he's not saying anything. What's going on? Amigo, <gasps> hold me. <laughs> oh god, he's not actually. Oh. Oh shit! Did we lose there, him there, again? It, it went green. Oh, I I hear debris falling. <laughs> oh dear god. The plate has fallen again. Falling again. God Nine damn it, rude. Okay. <laughs> damn it, Rafi. Okay. Damn it, Reno. <laughs> what happened? What did you when you curse Rafi's name? Oh, because he destroyed Sector Seven. Yeah, he destroyed Sector Rafi Seven. Rafi and Huarang destroyed Sector Seven. He <laughs> <laughs> was Huarang, yeah. yeah. It's funny because we kept making that joke even before the remake came out. Huarang. When he when he blocks. When he blocks passage, does he does he is is he does he humwarang? No, no. Okay. When who blocks what? <laughs> when huarang blocks something, is it is that when he makes humwarang? Uh. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god, that joke's not meant for me. <laughs> it's all right. Or me. I'll, I'll workshop it. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, episode two hundred of the TMG podcast, and this is Carlos. With me is Matt. Hello. And Miggy. Hola, donde esta el video game? <laughs> and this episode is focused on one specific title since this is a special episode. I'd like to think it's all focused on Final Fantasy VII Remake, which the game even if we don't want to make it a special, even if it, even if we didn't want to like talk on one specific on this only, oh, we no, had no we, choice. We planned this like ninety nine, one hundred ninety nine episodes ago. Yeah, we yeah. knew. Yeah, we knew. Foretold. We knew. Like it was, it was, it was density. You know, like we, we, we knew when the game was coming out. We had the inside scoop on when the release date would be, and we just yeah, made sure every episode came out leading all to this. Oh, and wait, I got a personal no, text no. from Yoshinori Kitase saying that you should do episode two hundred on this day. No, and just special. to be just, just to be absolutely sure, we knew about the delays as well. We just had to keep quiet yeah, and man. everything. We so. caused the delays so that it would tie <laughs> into episode two hundred. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, you got the word from Kitase, and I was talking to Namura, and you know, yeah, Namura didn't even know he was the director yet. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Thing, yeah, that was the thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, we just so happened that everybody in TMG is just literally was playing the game when it came out. You know. The week has been nothing but Final Fantasy. It was just, seven. yeah, we, we like, whether I mean, you have it or not. I know, right? No matter what, like I think that week it came out, we were just everybody was just filled with like cloud, yeah, uh, fan. Yeah, there was no avoiding FIFA, it. Photo, uh, videos, streams everywhere. I think it was like top five in Twitch. Everybody wanted to talk about. It. Everyone wanted to play it, and that was 
it lasted I think a whole week until I think this week. Yep. I think around this week is when okay, okay, I'm done. I finally finished the game. It's still going. I mean, you know, it's I the the land of video game social media is just Animal Crossing and Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, which <laughs> like Animal Crossing is the other time sink. You're either doing one or the other. Yeah, I mean, people play Resident Evil Three too, but that's like that's a six hour video game. That's yeah, just fucking six done. Hour game. <laughs> blink and you and blink and you're done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then, but yeah, it's uh, where do we start with Final Fantasy VII? Like, uh, I finished it. Um, Miggy finished it. Matthew is very close to finishing it. So yeah, he's close, but he's still a significant number of hours away. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I've I've been like thirty-two hours into this game already, and I'm still. You got at least another like ten or fifteen on you. Yeah, depending, depending. I'm already, I'm already at a point now where I'm just like, you know what? I've done literally every side quest for every chapter leading up to this point. I think I might consider just skipping all the side quests after that and save it for save uh, it for replay. You've mentioned that you're in chapter thirteen. Yeah. And I just told you that you're literally before the the chapter where it's all side quests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you know, as, as Carlos already said, like you know, this is this isn't a spoiler cast necessarily. We're just here to t- to to Talk sing the praise. Yeah, to right. sing the, the praises systems, of this the game. combat, the, the everything yeah. else except the story. Yeah. yeah, but if everybody, if someone wants to actually discuss about the, the ending or the you know uh, a podcast that's filled with you know, um with spoilers, check out the 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 other one, which is also. A, Part of the 200 episode special, and that's and where we I'll all go I'll also so. be working on our official review for uh, TMG at too, at too Much Gaming.net. Yes, Matt oh, is assigned to <coughs> Final Fantasy VII R. And, mm-hmm. But yeah, where do we start? Um, I don't know. We're, we're, there's a lot. We all liked it. That's one thing. <laughs> we definitely yeah, okay. we loved about, it. Yeah. Like, that's, that's one thing we can start with. That we definitely. <coughs> Um, this is a, this is a video game. This is a good video game. If you it's just a yeah, video game, if if you take out all, point, mm. I mean, like it's a video game where it doesn't shy away from that. Yeah, to the point yeah. that it's a little silly sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I think I think what helps to that is because um, the character, like you know, Square Enix is known for having incredible graphics on their characters. You know, like they look real. The hair is already its own character and all that. Mm. So like when when a character in like say Final Fantasy VII remake does something a normal person wouldn't do or at least someone with a sense of logic and common sense wouldn't do you're you want to yell at it for you know not being realistic and then you remember like oh right it's a silly video game from 23 years ago i forgot <laughs> yeah yeah you know what i'm very amused i'm glad you brought out the graphics makeup or the visuals and the art design because to me it's really funny that when i'm playing this game it looks like a triple a ass video game you know what i mean like it's got that whole yeah cinematic you know photorealistic yeah stylized look and then so mm-hmm. i'm just like oh okay all right everything feels very triple a ass naughty dog whatever and then the camera will spin and whoosh and i'm like oh wait i forgot this is a japanese stylized anime you know <laughs> jrpg game so it's a it's a very interesting aesthetic to me to see things like you know be like a mashup of those two things because you don't see there aren't a lot of J- japanese role-playing games that are privileged with these kinds of production values, yeah. so mm-hmm. you know, make, that's an interesting fusion. I think JRPG plus AAA, whatever. I actually like how um, more cinematic this game has turned out because uh, Square's, you know, they they like to make things pretty, but um, their past titles have had moments where you know, um, at least from for for my perspective, where like, oh, that scene would have looked cooler if if they emphasized this character making like a 
a facial expression close up before doing a certain action or yeah. you know um emphasizing a certain moment that gives that like action more power like um my example would be i guess uh even in advent children remember when barrett shows up for like the first time yeah and then he he like puts his robot hand which he didn't on the, have sh- before, on the shoulder on the shoulder of a character and then it transforms into this giant gun with like 50 like gun barrels on it yeah and you see you see the whole you see the whole, you see <laughs> yeah, the whole hand the whole, and yeah. the gun barrel before you even see Barrett's face because it's trying to be like very cinematic and be like yeah, alright yeah. this is Barrett but we'll let you like for these five seconds feel the build up to revealing oh it's Barrett <laughs> right but then the moment isn't very powerful like sure he's doing he's dealing minuscule damage to this giant dragon <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah the the moment where if they emphasize the transformation a bit more of his arm into that silly gun you know like um like how a power ranger emphasizes his weapon before he deals a finishing blow yeah you got like strong motions uh solid camera zoom in cuts and all that I think that would have made it look cooler because otherwise like who, who who was that what happened oh I guess that's his gun oh it's cool I guess uh. and I think Final Fantasy so, 7 does actually a better job at it actually, does a lot of that and I, I love it it does a lot like, of that um, but it's also toned down like it does the, it does the job but it doesn't go all, all the way over that's what you were it describing it goes like off the rails when it needs to <laughs> when it doesn't, you're questioning like the game because like, oh my god, this character can't go past this wall, and then you're like, you fucking jump twice that height in a cutscene beforehand. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, video games. It is like video games, and well, this world in itself. I didn't. Um, when I was actually playing, I think the first five chapters, for five or five for first eight chapters of the game. Um, they really took emphasis of focusing on Midgar in itself. Like, mm-hmm. like here's what you have to do, what you need to do to you know to to make the story move forward, and here's the result of it. That's always been the the, the focus as you go through this right. ride. And I actually didn't think that's this is something I wanted. I don't Final Fantasy VII because this is just the first part. Everybody who doesn't, who maybe isn't aware, Final Fantasy VII R is based off what the first five hours of the original game. I, I wouldn't mm. say them on five. Or was it two? Like maybe a little maybe. longer than that. Yeah, around ten. Oh, was it ten? Yeah. Okay. The first twenty percent still, you know. Um, yeah. But like even back then, when I played the original Final Fantasy VII, they play Midgard to be such a key thing in, and not just the story, but at least. The, the motivations of a lot of the characters yeah. early on mm-hmm. and then you leave it after you know doing the, the Midgar segment and you're like huh I thought there'd actually be more so Midgar. as I was playing yeah. it I was expecting like oh we're gonna definitely we're gonna go back we're gonna look at the other sectors and all that but then you don't like there's no reason to go back to Midgar at all yeah. like it it doesn't even let you access certain areas anymore after a certain point. Yeah, and this yeah, one, yeah. for the remake, they just I, went I, all out. They just like, here's... Yeah, they, they did. Enjoy Sector 5, Sector 7, you know, everything. Right. And everything about yeah. the world. Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like what Migoy, Migoy is pointing out, Migi is pointing out, is there's a way that Final Fantasy VII, the original version, sort of makes it like Midgar is a big deal and it does in fact play a pivotal role in the story and in the way the gameplay unfolds but once it's done with it's kind of done with so it feels like mm-hmm. we're, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. in two places with this it's both important but also sidelined right yeah and 
you know, okay, so I just want to get this out of the way. Like, uh, you, the two of you know this about me already, which is that I am not a big fan of the Final Fantasy games, and I'm, and I'm particularly not a big fan of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, and I <laughs> no, no, this, no. I this. Well, this is what I have known for a long time already, and yeah, uh, yeah. I and think like two episodes ago when we talked about the demo of Final Fantasy VII R, I was actually surprised at what your reaction was, which is actually pretty positive. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So this is uh, I'm getting this, which is like so. And the thing is, Final Fantasy VII, uh, even though like, even though I'm not a big fan of it and I didn't really enjoy, it, I put in all 80 hours into the game to finish it. Uh, on the original PlayStation because I felt like I owed it to myself and to like uh, a fan of games to like be familiar with the game so that I could at least speak to it credibly instead of just being mm-hmm. one of those assholes who's just like oh I played the first five hours and I didn't like it and therefore I've written off everything about it, it was terrible right right yeah you need and, to get the shitting rights man yeah you need to be able to tell people why it sucks yeah yeah mm-hmm. I mean I don't really spend a lot of time telling people that Final Fantasy 7 quote unquote sucks but you know at least when I'm saying I don't like it I, I can back it up you can back you know, it up right. because you've played it yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like how you sh- as you should do when it comes to criticizing yeah. it well, not everybody has the privilege to, or the or the luxury, spend or the patience 80 to, hours. <laughs> to spend eighty hours <laughs> to, like, to spend eighty uh, hours to save the world. Yeah, but I was, but I was in, you know, I was in my, I was, I, you know, I was in college. I had all the time, <laughs> all the time in the world. Yeah, I was so, a child when I played Final Fantasy. Jeez, <laughs> a child, not even a teenager, a child. Because I remember when I was a kid, like literally my first JRPG was really Final Fantasy VII. That's where I came from. Like, I mean, like <laughs> that's literally, exactly the same for me. That's literally FF7 like seven pop my JRPG cherry or my PS One cherry <laughs> to be honest. Because I yeah. played other like Nintendo consoles and everything. Like the first game I played on the PlayStation One, as far oh. as I remember, it was Final Fantasy VII. And I'm like, wow, this is a bit long, huh? <laughs> what is this? What is this? What are these Lego people? <clears throat> yeah, and much like much like uh, much like the demo, the Final Fantasy VII remake, this whole game has made me a convert to the story and to like the experience of Final Fantasy VII. Like I understand mm. that this game, has, the original game, has meant a lot to a lot of people <clears throat> and has characters and stories that like you know really form like you know a, like a crux of their childhood, at least their identity as gamers. Uh, but with Final Fantasy VII remake. I love that it redresses the whole game, not just to modernize the visuals, but to sort of like mm-hmm. make a really strong case as to why these themes work. And, yeah. you know, I'm not going to go here into spoiler cast territory necessarily, but I do think it's worthwhile to talk about like how this narrative is improved. Like, uh, there are ways that Final Fantasy VII Remake tells the story that simply would not have been possible 23 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's the sense that, you know, the voice actors really give humanity and and full characterization to characters that were only hinted at through pantomime expressions with their you know blocky fists and <laughs> and, and 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 you know poorly no, translated dialogue that's a that's a really big point because um you gotta yeah. for those who don't know about the original those things those cameras are fixed they're just in one shot and then you just they mm. just play around without with that fixed camera angle so they have to right they have no audio yeah. like what matt said so all yeah, yeah. the interpretations of the scene has to be done in the animation and the in the gestures of the character yeah, and, models, and and, and and you know, you guys know the other games <coughs> more, more than I do. But like, I know that one of the things that JRPGs did in the Super Nintendo era is they had exaggerated facial expressions, like they just go like that. No, and, 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 and at the same time, and at the yeah, same time, and, I think and, it's a, it's a it's a big upgrade because I think before Final Fantasy VII, they were like 
um, in sprites territory, which is much more expressive mm-hmm. than 3D models, which is a new territory in itself for the industry. Yeah, and so you use mostly body language and, yeah. like, you know, like Barrett's infamous... His angry stomps, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh no, and and his his gun is like he shakes his gun, but apparently he's like you know angry. He shakes his fist angrily, and yeah. then he does like a little cartoon angry stomp. Or he shoots. Man. Then he'll swear in like um, special characters so that you know it's kid friendly. Yeah, yeah, and, and the funny thing is, in this game, you know, I mean, it's rated M for matures, but mm-hmm. this Final Fantasy Seven remake, they they're they're dropping shit and asshole. About they it. drop swears in a really good and convincing manner, and I love it. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I love yeah. I love the swearing on it, and it's and come and I mostly see it from coming out from Cloud. I'm like, ooh, wow, okay. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a crass either. It's not. It's yeah. like, that's it's, what I really like about it. Okay, yeah, yeah, and you know, I'm a big fan of these characters now. I love that. Uh, they telegraph yeah. like clouds, like cloud has this you know too cool for school demeanor, but it's also <laughs> like hiding a lot of heart. And they telegraph these things so that you can see like how how he warms up or how he cra- how his facade cracks to betray the fact mm-hmm. that he wants to connect with other people. He just he doesn't, just doesn't know, know how to, how. How to mm-hmm, let yeah. go of himself, to let go of this image he's created for himself to do that. And I think my favorite teeny tiny touch in that game, uh, which shows that. Or not just acting, but also like, which shows that a real writer got in to write the game is there's right a bit tour. in Sector 5 slums, no, sorry, the Sector 7 slums, there are these two guards, they're guarding the gate. Oh, yeah. One of them is a, yeah, one of them is a rookie, and one of them is like an older senior officer, and he's like, uh-huh. no, you gotta be, you gotta be strict with these dudes. You gotta be all like, you know, say, say you're not allowed, like you mean it, you know, like you have to be harsh. And he's like, uh, yes, sir, yes, sir, right? And you can tell he's not comfortable with his job, or at least he has a hard time telling people off, you know, in the strict, you know, boot, uh, what do you call that? Uh, sort of jackbooted manner that right. that is expected of him. Mm-hmm. And then much later in the game, he, you know, this isn't a major spoiler, but in, much later in the game, he's the one who sort of softens up and lets people through. And, you know, it's not important to the game or the, or the, the story, but... When you see him do it, like you go like, oh, of course he's gonna do that because yeah, I yeah. saw him five chapters ago, you know, showing how much hesitation he has in his right. job. Correct me if I'm wrong as well, but that scene, it's in the original game. Yeah, but you know, like it's 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 it, the, the acting. And the, no, no, and, no, I know, I know, I get your acting, the, but what I'm saying is, um, yeah. my point is that those small moments in the original, people, it's a nod, but they perform it. In a great, in a right. good way. Yeah. Like, you, here's you a nod. appreciate these two nameless guys as actual characters at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like this is Not this just, is a this, uh, this is a bit of um, that if you talk to these guards, this is what, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, and because in JRPGs, these guys are there. Like, you go. These guys, not just these guards, but characters like these tend to feel disposable. Mm-hmm. Super. Yeah. And it's, like, it's they're they're so disposable where they don't even have a, a different character model even in the remake. They're, they're the same. Yeah. But yeah. when they speak, you know who they are, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that. So you end up rooting for them at some point too, which I really appreciate. And mm-hmm. you experience those. You could actually miss that. That what Mike uh, Matt was um, explaining a while ago. Yeah, you can just not interact with them early on. No, but mm-hmm. my, my thing is like, there's a lot of that. Like if you just walk around and just eavesdrop on the conversations about. 
oh my god what like this like the plate they, they dropped the plate not, not really a spoiler but you know stuff like that or oh my god the, the bomb happened you can actually hear the expressions of every single character that's you know mm-hmm. supposedly you know mm-hmm. being affected by what's going on and I that's I think that's one of the reasons why that my, my hours kind of like jacked up and my total hours because <laughs> I, I did you just walk run around. up to I, every NPC just to see what they say until they loop their dialogue which is what we do in <laughs> JRPGs instead of instead yeah. of pressing yeah, just, X just exhaust the dialogue yeah I mean not, like, not oh he he said that before so I'm done with you forever <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you leave. yeah not, not I don't do that but I get it I know the tradition like, and I love that they, that they that they they know what what the oh, fans yeah. are like we're hoping I, to get and then I was like oh okay cool that's that's, that's right because because like in modern games when a character is done with their dialogue. Um, they either stop talking or you can't interact with them anymore. Yeah, they just. Mm-mm. But this game, it still lets you interact with them. They just repeat their dialogue over and over again, and it's like, ah, just like back in the day. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's really great. It's uh, definitely a good nod uh, to to those who were f- huge fans of those that, and at the same time, who has no idea, which is which was really cool about the, about this game. If you have no idea about the, about Final Fantasy VII, this is not a bad thing to start with. Because oh, I, yeah. I think so I, I gotta ask you guys mm. why if, if this is the first in the series, why is it called Final Fantasy Seven? <laughs> uh, let, let's not. go back to <laughs> like thirty years ago. <laughs> There's actually a, a funny video by um, is it Mega Sixty Four? Oh, I love that video. That's where they an, get Sakaguchi, now, right? the guy who made yeah. the series, and they keep yeah. asking him to make another Final Fantasy. <laughs> We it's, do the, it's an my, amazing my, five minute skit. I always do the 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 Sakaguchi like hip hop thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he's finally free, I'm free. I also so, love. Uh, where, I also love where he to, goes. goes okay, where, go ahead. Where, where he just goes like, "What's this? They want magic." <laughs> he starts mashing on the keyboard. <laughs> Sakaguchi san, let's make a movie. And he just heavily sighs and does it. Anyway. Oh man, I'm gonna watch that video again later. But anyway, you want right. you want to. Yeah, uh, back to to how it expands on characters and not just like side characters because of course it'll expand on side characters but um, there was a problem with how they portrayed Cloud and everything outside of the like even I guess it, it's a lot better hidden in the original game because there's no dialogue yeah like there's that di- there's no voice there, dialogue there's no so, vocal performance yeah so you can't hear it but um, Advent Children onwards like Cloud is known to have no personality because he's too cool yeah. you know he's he's very stoic then he's just oh he's just really good at what he does he's amazing he's yeah. it kind of it, it kind of reminds me of every other it's like the typical Final Fantasy hero yeah but really. um, like, like especially in the Dissidia the well, so. games Here they we were go. able we're, to all right, install all right. some <laughs> they right, were able to install some uh, personality <laughs> in the other characters you know like in certain sections, it's kind of backwards. Like uh, Zidane being this pervy creep dude. Oh yeah, he Yo, was a translate to the city. He's he all pure of heart and nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that to Zidane. Zidane, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, but you know he's he's a pervy man. Nah, but in, in I, the city, he's like, oh, he's a nice boy with a pure heart that thinks about his friends. Just d- forget the fact that he's a perv man. Then Cloud is like, I, I don't know who I am. I'm too cool. <laughs> I- I'll kill you, Sephiroth. Oh my god. So he's monotonous and cool, but um, in this game, they were able to make it so, like, when characters do point out that, like, oh my god, you're so cool. He's like, uh, uh, shut up, child. I, I, don't, I don't know what you're saying. 
yeah. you know you get those cool like the um, I think my favorite moment was when you do that side quest for the children in sector 5 and they yeah. start looking up to Cloud and they're like oh Cloud can you do this quest for us but we oh, don't have funny. any money and yeah. he, he, Cloud's main shtick was um, I'll do anything for a price because I'm a merc right yeah, he's like, oh, the, yeah the kids were all like oh man then he's, he's like, like I'll do right, it for 5,000 3 I'll gil uh, yeah <laughs> and like oh you will okay we'll scrounge up as much money as we can and they get all excited then like Ares, go, Ares goes all, oh Cloud that's so nice of you then he tries not to smile and looks away awkwardly yeah 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 and then the then whole you get quest like you that going from Sorry, <laughs> you get moments like that from like other characters. Like, it gets a bit cute later on when some characters acknowledge that trope without breaking it. <clears throat> so, like, um, there's a moment where Barrett goes like, "Oh, we'll just build another bar." Yeah. And then the other character goes like, "Oh, yeah, we will. You in? You in? You're gonna join us, Cloud?" And he's like, "For a price." Then everyone <laughs> kind of like does a little, like a little small smile, and you know, it's, yeah, it's I mean, a really it, cute moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Now. Cloud will always say for a price, but like, yeah, like you expect it uh, at that point. <laughs> but 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 the agreement, the thing that everybody can see, they, they look at Cloud and like what you really mean is you really care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you get a little bit of a smile. It's and just the code. characters try to egg it out of him, and then he goes like, "No, nah, no, nah, I'm never gonna." You, you never ain't gonna, gonna smile it. from me. <laughs> You're never gonna. I'm never gonna admit it. <laughs> I'm only gonna smile for a price. <laughs> <laughs> I like also that bit where where where. where one of the characters also like gets a laugh out of him, and somebody's like, "Ha, huh, you laughed!" <laughs> yeah, they super pointed out, uh, and he's like, I, "No, no, I didn't." <laughs> yeah, he gets hella flustered. It's great. Yeah, it's great. It. They're all so adorable. Holy shit! I love all I love, of them. I, lo- I love the whole like um, when Cloud had to so, go and dress up as a girl. Like the reaction of when it happens. Oh, dude, that's the best part. That's... Matthew's not like you, I, you've yeah, done I that part that. already, right? Chapter yeah. nine, and it's not really a yeah. story, <laughs> but it's just the what how that scene was even your part of the interaction actually um, yeah because you, you actually switch a character during that moment okay. uh, yeah for policy for policy's sake i think i think we're safe to talk about some parts the, of the game the cross address because yeah that, that's that, the that most are, well-known that's the most well-known like the, when but they announced the remake show. that was the first thing people yelled about like are we gonna get girl dress cloud are we gonna oh uh, yeah the game it's like it's just how they once it happened it's just how they presented the scene and it's just That's great absolutely perfect that entire so, sequence yeah since, I we're don't... Here, <laughs> since we're here talking about the cross-dressing sequence I just want to say like one of my one of the things that's really genuinely surprising about this game is the kind of way the way is that the game sort of like responds to the choices and the things you do apparently mm-hmm. you get a different dress depending on how many quests or which quests you've completed mm-hmm. And no, like, and there's also if depending on who you talk to on a specific scene, will trigger another scene later on. I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, yeah, they yeah, have yeah, those yeah. things injected into the game, which I got surprised yeah. the moment it ended. Like, and that's like what? A, a secret morality <laughs> yeah. or girl choice or something like, like that. Not a big yeah, thing, like, but just something worth looking back. It's not really that yeah. big. It's just okay. I'll go back. Fine. I mean, the game. There's, the original there's game a trophy always, associated with it too. The original like game the always did track your choices to some extent. Like I know mm-hmm. that's how it how it calculates who ends up being your date on the gold saucer. Yeah, in man. The original game. Oh, that's gonna be a thing. always Barrett. Yeah, always <laughs> Barrett. <laughs> but the best but this, boy. But this game really, really, really does like you know try to. Uh, a- answer to those things like how your performance on one particular motorcycle right. chase scene will determine how Jesse responds to you later I you know, like, yeah, it's very surprising 
but yeah, and it's it, also like not as obvious as you'd expect. Get like games exactly. to do that too. Yeah, because a lot of games um, they, they lampshade it. They go like, "Oh, whatever you do will have choices or consequences." Sometimes <laughs> they shove it in your face. They, they yeah. shove it in yeah, your favorite. Cage. This one, this one's is more like as linear as, as it can be, but it's just, organic. It's and then all of a sudden it just yeah. throws you that oh, I could have done, I could have had a choice. I mean, like okay. Like yeah. the scene is different for different people. Oh my god! Yeah, it's and almost like I, I thought. Like um, especially for one scene, like when the like the most uh, obvious one of who to get at this certain point. Um, there's a bit because um, after a certain boss fight, you get to choose who to like address first. You yeah, know, after yeah, yeah. the fight, and apparently that's that's part of the choice, but it's not the discerning factor. So you get to play so, around, um, like, ooh, what triggers what? Yeah, so I, I like that's that something people thing. had to look up, yeah. like, look into to find out what exactly were the the moments that determine like what girlfriend points go into whom. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, uh, I don't want to speculate too much about the designer intentions, but it's almost like by by making sure that these choices are not advertised or telegraphed, but can be discovered instantly. When people like you and me, you mm-hmm. know, talk about the game, and they'll discover, oh wait, you mean you got a different piece of dialogue? Yeah. It will compel yeah. people to go back and go like, oh, okay, right. now I have to like to excavate it to like sort of like, you know, it actually, figure it out. Uh, it makes actually it more reminds me. It reminds me of um, like back in the day in the school <coughs> playground when you you play the game over the weekend, you find something, then you tell your friends at school. And they're like, oh man, I didn't get that. Oh, I yeah, got this yeah, yeah, And yeah. you're like, oh, then you go back to the game and then, you know, rinse and repeat. It, yeah. We're kind of getting those moments again. Yeah, I, I, found yeah. About the, I found out about the Knights of the Round Table in school, not in a magazine. Like, someone says, you <laughs> yeah. have to get a black chocobo. Like, what? What's a black chocobo? Like, like I. Because it's the only one that can fly. I'm, I'm like a bunch of kids in the corner saying that this is what you do. I'm like, well, how do you know this? <laughs> where's, where's this information? Right. And of course, the fabled, you can revive Eris in the original did you game. Find out, did you find out because, okay. he had a, because he had an uncle who worked at Square? <laughs> Dude, that's a joke that I didn't come across until I was a man. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, like, um, and the thing is, by telegraphing the choice, by not telegraphing the choices, it's more interesting because when you see a game like something from Telltale's, uh, Telltale Games, The Walking Dead, or, mm-hmm. or any of their episodic games, or you play a Bioware game, when the right. choices are so obviously, like, going to be there, you have a tendency to be like, well, okay, I know that I can just save my game here, or, or stop mm-hmm. my game here, and sort of, like, go back to these choices or whatever yeah. but the way Final Fantasy 7 handles it is very very like if not hidden it's at least through a various combination of interlocking parts that are difficult to recreate unless you want to put in the work I mean or or they simply like it just happened it just resolves like two three hours after yeah. like you want like, you have yeah, to, exactly. you want, yeah oh, it oh. resolves like chapters and chapters after like oh yeah, shit yeah yeah so, but yeah, and, the- but, okay. So characterization. I just wanna, I just wanna nitpick this one thing at least. So, hmm. you know, which is that one of the things I'm not a big fan of uh, okay. is is what they is is Barrett. Like Barrett, angry man. Th- th- let, yeah. Let me let me talk about <laughs> let me talk about what let me talk about what's great about Barrett first and foremost. What's great about Barrett is that he is a whole character. And the, and in the sense that you get a sense of his motivations, his mm-hmm. the, the the nuances of his character, they're very very good. I could you know I could write about that shit if I wanted to, and the actor is really good as well. Uh, so it's never a question of the quality of 
of work that's been put into Barrett. The thing that is unfortunate is that he still is the Mr. T kind of stereotype <laughs> that he has been. And I know that that goes back to how the original yeah. character was right. written and also uh, it plays into how uh, Japanese developers tend to see tend to see African American stereotypes. <laughs> yeah. But yep. you think considering how much of the game is incredibly modern and how much of the game has been written to rewritten to reflect more not not necessarily progressive, but at least more contemporary social norms. It's almost I wouldn't even say infuriating. I would say incredibly shocking how much they allowed Barrett to still be that Mister T stereotype, and it's kind of disappointing to be honest. I actually like Barrett is my favorite character in this remake because <laughs> he's the best he's ever been because he was such a nothing character like outside of the original game. Yeah he, yeah, he had like three lines in Advent Children, mm-hmm. and he's like Japan's least favorite Final Fantasy character, like Yikes. of all time. We're not gonna, wow. we're, you're not gonna mention the fish nets, but okay. <laughs> that that comes later, man. No. <laughs> Let's like, not forget the fish nets and the cornrows. But mm-hmm. um, like I'd say, Barrett is like, of course he does. The, I'm Mister T, you know, hey, 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 big gun on arm, and like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's very akin to his original design, which was that. So I, I'd say it was a con- conscious decision to keep him like that, but at the same time yeah. they've given him like a real personality. Like, yeah, I'd say he's the most honest character of the entire roster. Yeah, because you know he he puts on this obvious I'm a tough guy. Like, I don't trust you, Mark. God damn it, motherfucker! Without yeah. actually dropping the f bomb, but he's the one who doesn't like he cannot hide his internal excitement. Yeah, this yeah. man is a is the dad character and best yeah. dad. You know, or actually he sees like the little girl and like, "Oh, Marley, come here, sweet pea, <laughs> big fun times. We save the world." And like, Barrett Cloud's right behind you. Oh, right, goddamn right. Don't trust that Merlin, Marlene. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get your money. <laughs> You'll get yeah, your money. You get your money. But he's like, a little, he's a little something <laughs> extra. <laughs> I've I've talked to people Who's who were saying like, oh, I, I expected Barrett to you know be the angry guy persona to Cloud like at least for yeah. another chapter. And nah, meanwhile, nah. I'm like, but everyone is telling Barrett that Cloud is cool, and he can't, he can't hide it anymore. He, like he, he even admits to himself that yeah, you're pretty darn cool, Merc. And, you know, <laughs> he doesn't say it, but it gets to that point where like he, he's dropped the act. Cloud he's is just Bar- Cloud excited than the guy. No, that, Cloud what, what's... is who Barrett thinks thinks he wants to be. Yeah, but no, and it's, actually... it's actually pretty cool. Like um, Barrett's character for you know for whatever they've done. What I liked about him was he among all the, all the other characters he was the one who first interacted with Cloud the most among all the main characters and you can see yeah. it progress from the start all the way to the end on how they are and I don't know it was is actually, that why you got the Barrett scene I, I don't okay here's the thing like <laughs> I don't know it's like I of, I don't I don't have any delusions or interest in having that character be changed or revised from what he is because yeah. mm-hmm. it's all it's all good stuff it's all like really all good, good yeah. stuff it's really a matter of aesthetic like you can portray an angry black man who is totally angry black man as angry black as you can get who doesn't sound like Mr T. Oh, <laughs> uh, like actually, I'm I'm at the point where like he's Mr T to me, so like <laughs> I'm Mr. happy T- that they didn't Mr. change the imposter now. <laughs> yeah, actually, but um, when I played the the demo also, and you you get the control back for the first, I'm like, man, he really is just Mr. T, huh? That's kind of boring and disappointing. <laughs> yeah. But then you get that moment after you beat the Scorpion boss in the elevator, 
Yeah. Then you see Barrett's hands like visibly shaking. Mm-hmm. And then he looks at Cloud, who's just like calm and you know has yeah, his yeah. eyes closed, and he's like, he gets that result. Like I can't let this merc beat me. I'm supposed to be cooler than him. Like <laughs> I'll show him. And like I have. To, and then he does the speech for everyone too. Yeah. Yeah. To the yeah, point yeah, yeah, yeah. that that um. What's it? Jesse goes like, just put up with him for me, please. Like he, he's always like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, so it's just, he puts on the tough guy act. Then you see that he's oh, the Japanese wrote him as the nice like dad character. His uh, his his Barrett's uh, desire to perform cool is partly <laughs> rooted in outclassing Cloud, but it's also rooted in like this Japanese notion of like oh, oh yeah, oh, I gotta yeah. Sh- I gotta show people it's hella I'm Japanese. strong. Because that's how you inspire people. Even though there are other ways of inspiring people, that's what's in his head. As yeah, you yeah. know, what is the source of inspiration? Is it like I got a half and half thing that gets these people going? I, can, yeah, I kind of forgot most. the dialogue of Barrett, but is it like them like having a hard time balancing between OG Barrett and what they want to modernize Barrett in a way? Well, this modernized Barrett is very much like the OG Barrett, and I don't even mean that as a negative yeah. thing. I'm just saying, yeah. what I mean aesthetic, I mean like in terms of like. What it sounds like, what it like. No, no, oh, I know. Like, yeah, I know. But yeah. I'm just like, I wonder if they. No, it's just more of me like wondering if they were, if it was a tough balance between trying to prevent th- what you're trying to say. You know what I mean? Yeah, it well, might have been because they've uh, definitely. It, it's it's yeah, like I said, it's a, it was it looks to be a conscious decision to keep him like this. Yeah, where mm-hmm. it, they kept him very similar to the original, but at yeah, the same time, you know, actually making him a person. Yeah, because I, I praise the actor because it's, it would have been very easy for an actor like that to have been all like, you know, because I'm going to presume that the actor is black, which she is actually, uh, and, you know, like, it would have been very easy for a black actor to be all like, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but it sounds like he embraced the character. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, all right, I gotta make this, if I'm gonna do this, I gotta make it, like, you know, really work, and at least they're giving me writing that, you know, writing and characterization that really works. I think yeah. I think they did a good job for what they had yeah. overall yeah. in all the characters. Like um, I agree with Matt. Mm-hmm. Like they could have done better with Barrett in that aspect. They um, but they chose this route. They they chose they they chose right instead of left. But it was <laughs> it's just for me it was actually a big surprise to actually at least for a fan in a, in, a, in in terms of someone who's played the original many times and you know was actually wait, can't wait to play this game. It's not only the presentation but how the scenes were acted or uh, uh, produced because there was this one I want to say specifically uh, I want to go uh, specifically which scene but there's this one scene that when I was seeing it it was actually well done at the same time it made it reminded me exactly how the original Final Fantasy 7 did their presentation or their representation of that scene and just seeing that original one and at the same time playing the original version in my head it's like it's just it's almost close to hitting the key moments of the of this part of the game to a T and I just appreciate that they're able to nail that all throughout from start to well to the end really okay so before we move on I just like to say also like about the other characters where they're all stereotypes to some degree, like Japanese stereotypes in writing. Yeah, Japanese like they lean on the arc, Japanese. Work yeah, they're they're all archetypes, archetypes but yeah. you know you can't help but really like these characters. Like yeah. Wedge is a hundred percent the fat guy. He constantly talks about food. He constantly talks about being like out of energy because he's hungry. You know his motivation <laughs> is just food. 
Like he does the thing where he gets chased by dogs. He was voiced <laughs> by the guy in the, Breaking Bad. The Breaking apparently. Bad dude. Apparently, <laughs> his, yeah. his, the voices are all amazing. Yeah, I'd say they're exactly what they sounded like to me <laughs> back when I played the PS One game. It's perfect. Like it's kind of annoying how much of a like an archetype they all are, but I can't help but like them all. Come like the mid and end of this game, they're likable. They're you know? yeah, like they're so annoyingly likable. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Honestly, I I I think that a lot of this is in the acting. I've said already before, but I think I sometimes feel like some of these actors should be in line to get awards, if not if not BAFTAs or the Game Awards. But I just feel like. Japanese RPGs don't really get a lot of play in the video game awards shows, but <laughs> ser- but for serious, like you know, uh, uh, all all the actors should be considered. You know, for, who, you know who Sephiroth is here? Uh, it's Tyler. He's another Superman. He's a Superman. Yeah, Tyler Hawkland. <laughs> He's <laughs> another <laughs> Superman. He's always been a Superman. It's annoying. It was, it's George Newbern who played it him. It used to be George Newbern. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's just like a shocker. Like it's like I look back and I'm like. <laughs> Okay, this is actually a nice list of <laughs> of voice yeah. actors, and, uh, and they did like pretty the, well. the new cast sounds similar, if not better, to the original cast. I think they're I better really than that. Like. I'm better than no, they're definitely a lot better. But yeah, I, I'd say that's still subjective to some people. But for me, like they sound similar enough, but also being a lot better because you know they they sound like people. And yeah. I've I've also listened to the Japanese voice lines of some of the the cutscenes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm usually the type where like, oh, sub versus dub, because you know the 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 characters' motivations don't come across in most dubs. But I'd say that the Final Fantasy VII English dub is a lot better than the Japanese <laughs> one, just because you know they're a lot more convincing to me. Yeah, I like hearing them as people. And yeah, I really like that. And they have and. It has a little bit of comedy as well, like how they do oh, yeah. it. Like it's like it's like okay, that's they, it's just naturally okay. That was a funny one. <laughs> like they actually the, had the, good ones. The interactions between the characters are very organic for the yeah, most part. Yeah, it's like I don't felt that cringy. And when those like uh, cheesy moments happen, it just it's Final Fantasy. It makes sense <laughs> that that happened. That's <laughs> you know, there's fine. a lot, there's a lot of uh, a lot of attention or praise being given to the English voice actress who plays uh, Eris, and I really love her. She's one of my oh no, favorites. yeah, and uh, we haven't even but, talked about Aerith and Tifa, who's so actually, again, the, one, good. the person who I think deserves an award has to be Tifa, the actress for Tifa. Because Tifa's this way great. She, mm. She's this the way most she real person in this mm. game. Yeah, because she, she balances. Okay, so there's this voice that she adopts that is deliberately for everybody else around her in the sense that when she's speaking to a group of people and trying to motivate people in a little bit, she has this voice quality she adopts and then it changes mm-hmm. the moment she's talking to Cloud in a more like you know, personable way in a more intimate right. way that is really interesting. It sounds like two voices, but it's really just this, you know, reflection of how we as people also like, like our podcast voice is very different from our speaking voice. Yeah. Oh, that's what you think. Uh, not, not, not with Miggy. <laughs> <laughs> not with Miggy. <laughs> yeah, not with, not with Miggy. No, not with Miggy. That's a, that's a no. That's a negatory. <laughs> yeah, Tifa's probably the most, like, convincing in terms of voice acting. And yeah. her character is probably, like, the most non-archetypal so far. Yeah, she's also my she, favorite character. I, I can't in place the her. Combat. Yeah, so mm-hmm. she, she, everything about her I, is I actually can't pretty good. Place her archetype, like oh, she's Punch Girl, but she she doesn't act like one. No, yeah, she does not. Like <laughs> yeah, because yeah, normally when you do that, when you make her punch, when you make Punch Girl, Punch she's, Girl is yeah, be tomboyish. Spunky. Yeah, spunky or, uh, tomboyish. Tundere. They make her tundere a bit. Something like that. Yeah, small yeah. boobs. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, let's get on with the rest. There's a lot to talk about. No, yeah, we just talked about like the presentation and the story in itself. Um, that's already a chunk. That's a good, a good chunk. chunk already. Um, shit, where do we start? I, I want, I want Matthew wants to talk about the music. No, no. Because yeah, okay. yeah, after presentation, Ooh. like a big key of it is how they interpreted the uh, or how integrated the music in everything. And, yeah, like, okay, oh like God. music... You know, like there's an entire from the, in the 23 years since Final Fantasy VII has been released, yeah. we've all got one winged angel and a battle theme like burned into our brains. <laughs> right. Okay, right? everybody like, knows it. The people who don't play Final Fantasy VII knows it. That's yeah, how, exactly. Yeah. That's how I mean, that's how uh, how that's, influential this game is. To be honest, you know, you know remixes of the battle theme are 60 percent of overclockedremix.org. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's amazing. Um, I'm just joking. Oh I'm God. exaggerating, but you know what I mean, right? It's yeah, probably yeah. true. It might be. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, yeah uh, and I am a big. I think okay. Some people are saying that the music. There are some people who are thinking that the music is not great, and in the sense that <gasps> where are these too, people? <laughs> too, 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 too overpowering. Like they don't like the mix for it. Actually, it's precisely those qualities I love about the music. The music, in my opinion, is a little bit extra. Like there's a way that the music is all like. Uh, very cinematic, mm. and it's mm-hmm. being cinematic all the time. <laughs> like I kind of also uh, find it funny how you hear the same song like fifty thousand times, with different, yeah. like the same song with like at least twenty different versions. Yeah, it's like yeah, a, there, it's a remix bix of, of all the iconic <laughs> ones you like way back in ninety seven. Like, you know, okay, me like 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 there's there is like. Like if you played original Final Fantasy, there's only so many tracks in the in the game, yeah. and what they did was they didn't increase the number of tracks or <laughs> you know or, or motifs. They didn't increase the number of yeah. motifs in the in remake outside of the new theme song, but instead they just said, "All right, let's just make twenty remixes." <laughs> so there's a there's a battle theme. For almost, there's a scorpion battle theme, and yeah. uh, you know, like the battle theme changes depending on which area you're in. Right. And there's I, a low key version, and then the actual active combat version. Yeah, and a high key version, and like yeah, then the boss version too for that particular fa- zone. Yeah, and even when the battle theme isn't in, in active mode, sometimes the battle theme is in passive mode. So, for example, my favorite, my favorite version of the battle theme. It goes. It kicks into high gear and it goes like pa pam pa pam pa pam pa pam pa pam. Yeah. It does that thing, right? And then it gets really extra by starting to play a horn on the on the underscore, going na 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 underneath, and it makes it sound like the most important battle of the history of battles. <laughs> yeah. you're and, you're in the, like, and you're in a scorpion <laughs> fight. <laughs> you're fighting rats. In your, in I'm, the I'm street. fighting. I'm, I'm fighting rats in, se- in in sector five. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> And then there's another area where you're walking where there are no enemies, but uh, later in a side quest, enemies will appear in it, and they play that same horn number in a very slow, like, melancholy way while you're wandering that empty area. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, this guy, this, the composer is working overtime to put late motifs everywhere just so <laughs> that even if you're not enjoying the battle music, you're sort of being primed to get ready for the battle music. It's burning it into your mind. <laughs> yeah, and even the Tifa, Tifa, even the Seventh Heaven, Sector Seven, and T- uh, Tifa like mix of range of themes, they're yeah. all sort of like scored even more intensely that they feel like they're the score to a Disney film, and I mean that in the greatest way possible mm-hmm. because I know Japanese composers are big fans of Disney. <laughs> I think it's like um, it's very. 
what do you call that? It's the music is made to appeal to people who have played the old game. Because you get those moments where like, oh my god, it's that song, <laughs> and then it, it it pulls on your heartstrings at just the right moments. Like um, when you approach Tifa for the first time in chapter three, like you see her waving at you on the stairs, then you get like the the three notes of her theme, and like, oh god, it's Tifa. <laughs> There's also moments where like, oh wow, that's that's it, it, that song because they're like really <laughs> different. Like, oh, I didn't like it's, it's a thousand news a, a new song coming out. Yeah, and then like. They, after 30 seconds like oh it's this version of that song okay so yeah at least for the the combat songs i i noticed the low-key ones out of battle more than the than the ones in battle because when i'm in battle my brain is hard on how do i kill these enemies right yeah yeah and it's usually i've i've i end those fights fast enough that it doesn't go into the major you know um the the major chords of the of the battle theme that sticks in your mind so I usually just hear the beginning mm-hmm. or the transition into it, mm. and like, ah, oh, yeah, that, that's a battle theme that I play. But when it comes to the boss version, then you get like it, it seems to match up to those moments where like I'm about to land a big hit, then the big chords come in, and like, oh shit, does it know that I'm doing some cool, <laughs> or it, it or the complete opposite where like it's playing big parts. I need to do something cool now. <laughs> like, you know, I need to make the boss feel like shit. I need to stagger this guy. No, the, yeah, there, there are moments where, like, when I'm f- doing it, like, when I'm fighting a boss or just doing a fight, like, wait, this music seems a bit. F- yeah, this is fitting. <laughs> this is actually working for me right it, now. It, God damn it. It hits at the right moments when mm, it needs to. Yeah. Or at the very least, it motivates you to do the right things. So there's a way, like, the music cheats in that way, at least for me. Um, <laughs> there's also moments where, like, I'm just running around the zone and, like, is that this song? Like, it fits, but. It shouldn't be played here. <laughs> you know, the, you the, get hits the, of you get you get hits of other theme songs going into like mixing with different you know songs as well. Like um, you I, I swear I hear like FF8 tracks in certain <laughs> bits of the music, and it's like it's the same guy who made it. He's doing this on purpose. I swear. <laughs> Walmart is actually pretty interesting because they have like uh, the same music with three different versions. Three that, times, depending, yeah, on, depending, where depending you on where are. you go. And that's actually, that's actually wow. That's actually pretty cool. Actually, that's a. And cool then you start tradition. humming to it, and you don't yep. understand why. It's yeah. <laughs> so I wanna I wanna ask Miguel since we're since we touched on this just now, you know how he feels about the combat because Miguel absent Miguel Samson you know is oh. one of our two you know battle experts <laughs> we're going into the the, the, the meats Com- yeah the meats the meats and potatoes of the combat the meats like, yeah let me know what you so, think so I, I like the the combat is something I absolutely love it was something I was looking for more like more than like as I was playing the game that was what I was itching for like I want to fight more just give me quests that make me fight things some more like oh like Fuck, these enemies die too fast. Give me a bigger, like a bigger boss challenge, please. And when I get to a boss, like a bigger, boss fight early on. Bigger! <laughs> like, you know, the, the chapter three when you're side questing with Tifa? Yeah. And one me. of the bigger side quests is you fight this um, albino mutant dog that escaped from Shinra. And like that boss fight kicks your ass super, you know, like absolutely hard. And even in the harder difficulties, like that can what? destroy. I don't even your that max dog. level characters. Is that the one yeah, because it, it's something where you have to you do two quests, then it triggers the final one. Oh, that's right. The first fight with the dog is just like you hurt him like half his hit points, and then he runs away. Then he runs away to the next room, right? The the room specifically for his boss fight. So, mm-hmm. um, I get to that point where I don't get enough 
joy from the regular enemies because they die too fast. Yeah. And you get to a boss where it kicks your ass to the point of near death. And then yeah. I come off that like, that was really fun. I want to do it again. <laughs> and then like, I get another five hours before I actually get to a boss fight. Yeah, yeah. So that's I- how much I love the combat. I was I was trying to look for everything I can do, right? Yeah. Like as much as I could up until you know uh, it throws a boss fight at you. I talked about this in the last in a uh, couple episodes ago, and I'm you know, and I still and I've mentioned it on on, on Twitter and Facebook before. I I kind of feel like this game's combat is an evolution, or you know what it is. I I I would say that Final Fantasy fifteen is like the beta version of Final Fantasy seven remakes combat. Kinda, yeah. yeah. Like Which everything. is also like 15's combat is like the beta version of, or like the I guess the gamma version of like what Kingdom Hearts combat has evolved into. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like where and, it's a it's a bunch of skills on cooldowns. Yeah. But what they did in seven is the the key difference is every action you do outside of your normal attack or blocking has a resource that you need to use. Yeah. And that's that how they ATB. were able to squeeze in the ATB gauge, which is. It's, I'd say, the best part because it's the most intense thing you can have to. Yeah, basically, chain basic attacks to build up the, the to, to earn the right <laughs> to use more skills. Right, and you need to do it at the point where you can't get interrupted because yeah. once you do that, action is gone because you've burned through the gauge already. Yeah, I think that's so the most interesting thing of the, about the combat. Also, is yeah. that you, what you said uh, is that the game can lets you you can you can whiff abilities basically. You, you can, can whiff limit breaks. <laughs> yeah, you can you can whiff a fucking limit break. That's that's the thing. It's not it's not it's not entirely unforgiving, but it can yeah, happen. <laughs> it can happen if and like it, it's usually a point where like either you mistimed it. Or the enemy just did something really stupid that you did not account for. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Cloud's Limit Break, for example, his cross slash. Like, I yeah. hate it when the enemy, like, suddenly Runs triggers. away. <laughs> yeah, or he triggers he triggers a physical invulnerability for a while, and you're oh, just dude, like... Oh, dude, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like... Or I, you, do, you do a Limit Break right before, like, um, a phase transition, which has yeah. a cutscene in between, and like, <laughs> did I just fucking waste that Limit Break? God damn it! <laughs> It's so good. I really like the combat. Um, what I, I think what I really like is... Because um, it looks like a hack and slash, right? So people go into it thinking it's a hack and slash and just wail on enemies. Then they can't mm. figure out why they're dying. Yeah. That's because even if it looks like a, ha- a hack and slash... And for sure, you can tackle it as as one. It there's, really there's a limit. isn't. There's a limit to how yeah, much you can There's a limit to how much you can do. And mm-hmm. that's where the ATB gauge comes in, where I find myself like constantly slowing down time to think about what action I want to do next with a yeah. certain character or like just just to check how much gauge everyone has or how much yeah. life everyone has yeah, you, know, you, you wanna, need time uh, to yeah. think and it's very like strategic in that aspect because I used to do that in the old Final Fantasy games where I'd have um, stop time when I'm checking on items in a menu because goddamn is, uh, is the original ATB system very stressful yeah, I, I you know I I also think of uh, since you describe it that way, I kind of think of uh, Chrono Cross where it's like every time you attack, you build up this gauge, and yeah. you can keep attacking if you want to because you're just you know you're just like well I'm just gonna keep attacking right you know right. hit it until it's dead, but every time you do that, you're you're filling up a bar that is already full, and so you want to use those skills. Yeah, you, know, you want to be waste- more 
optimal with your actions. Yeah, to not waste not waste all that build up basically. Yeah. So you're I'm constantly switching between Tifa, Barrett, and and and, and Eris and Cloud. Right. You know, just to be like, and and it gets frustrating too sometimes because she's like, one time the bar the gauge is filled filled and you look and I switch to Barrett and I'm like. Oh, I have nothing in here to use up that ATB bar that I need right now. <laughs> right, right. I guess he's. I guess Barrett's gonna cast Steel Skin again. <laughs> I mean, why not? Right, just have him take all the damage for you. I mean, that's his purpose. I'd say. So, yeah, no, that's, isn't that maximum maximum fury or something? That, that maximum that, fury is the best. I love that stupid move. <laughs> um, what was I gonna yeah. say about the combat? Uh when it comes to that point where you find yourself not having actions to do with certain characters. I, that like that responsibility still falls on me because I did not prep for this fight beforehand. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, like, yeah. fuck, he should have had this material, and I just didn't give it to him. Yeah, or, you know, I, I, yeah. The most like the game is. It seems like it's built around that too. Uh-uh. To the point that um, even before we beat the game, like me, Migs, and Carlos were screaming about how this game needs um uh, the ability to save loadouts. Yeah, because yeah. certain boss fights, even during your first run feel like they demand specific loadouts for certain characters. Yeah. And if you don't have that, it's yeah. incredibly punishing. Yeah, uh, just a side comment on, uh, you know, speaking that, I think there, there have been a lot of games lately uh, that, that that have all this customization and they don't give us loadouts. And I'm like, fucking video games, give us loadouts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick and tired of having to re-equip, like, you know, oh, dude, eight times a day. <laughs> all they give us is just a press square before the scene ends. That's all they do. Yeah. At least they give you that, right? That's better than nothing. If you're going into a big fight af- right mm-hmm. after a cutscene, at least it gives you the option to prepare, right? Uh, Which yeah, they don't, no, they don't the describe. They don't even describe if that's actually what they're giving because I have to figure it's that a, out. It's a tiny like button on uh, the left hand. No, yeah. no one told so me small. that exists. It's so small. Yeah, it's so small. I'd, <laughs> and I you just, have to hold it too. You can't just press I discovered it. it I, I discovered it once early in the game and then... Yeah. Ten chapters later, I was like, you know, I haven't seen that button in a long time. And then, I, so I, I, I reviewed it, and I was like, oh no, that button's been appearing. I just didn't notice all the other times. That happened yeah, exactly. to me too. I just pressed like, what does this do? Oh, when did that but button my, appear? But my complaint, Carlos. My com- our, I think our complaint isn't necessarily the ability to prepare. It's the fact that preparing is difficult. You know, what I mean, like. No, so, I know, I know. Preparing uh, is difficult, yeah, and I definitely yeah, want to load up. But it's just funny that the, uh, just give them a square button. Here's the, like, yeah, yeah. Here's here it is. Well, yeah, our square Enix. Ha ha. ha. Oh God. <laughs> it it definitely needs there. a loadout because there's a lot. I I think I spent like a good like a couple of minutes of it, just it needs fixing it the especially come late game and then a bit post game. Because yeah. like like the combat can get very demanding. You're constantly switching yeah. from characters to characters depending on where you are in the story. So exactly. Like, oh that wait, too. I've I've had countless times when I was in the combat. I was like, oh shoot, I, Cloud can't do this. He does not know how to heal. <laughs> what am I gonna do? I cannot <laughs> Honestly, do anything. I just, the, I just want the There's, option to play Tifa all the time. <laughs> a dude, I, me yeah. too. I, I would like the option to choose who I'm running around as. Please, that's what's missing in my life in this game. <laughs> Yeah, for some reason, Barrett always has overcharge up on the start of the battle every time. That's that's the thing. Like, um, I was about, I wanted to mention how you can, like, you know, it, it incentivizes optimizing your actions, and that is one of the things that you can do. So people keep saying now, because oh, the assess material, I say, is one of the most important parts of the game, right? Ass, ass. Especially, it, like, it makes a lot of, it trivializes a lot of encounters because, because once Chazley you find out it. the weakness. Like of of course for the side stuff like for Chadley and all that, but once you find out an enemy weakness, you can melt through them like butter. 
<laughs> like some th- a, a single enemy who like has kicked your ass countless times can die in less than a minute if you know the weakness. Like their life points will melt absolutely. <laughs> Are you a machine? Like even boss encounters Lightning. will. The dude, even boss encounters will like uh, become a breeze once you know what to do and how to to beat them. Because it also tells you like the of when it becomes immune to certain actions, what it's immune to right now, yeah. what will it become immune like, to later, yeah. you know. And yeah, then a bit of lore would. too in when you assess, that's cool. Mm. That's actually it, it it spoils a few things if you assess the right enemies. My my my, my favorite are the are uh, Butch Beck and what's what's the name? Butch and Beck. Oh, and the the thieves. <laughs> When you beat those I guys love, for the first time, and I then, love triple slashing them to death all the time. <laughs> <laughs> when they're dead, or like, or they're hiding, or like they, you know, they play dead. No, they, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like, when they play it, dead, you when know, you swipe your sword, they're gonna, they're gonna like. Ugh. Oh, you can just you don't need to swipe. You just need to push them around. Oh, that's what like, I did. Wiggle that, on the floor. That's what I did. You know, what I did. I I walked. I, I walked. I walked around <laughs> and I would use them to push them, and I would push them because they were all scattered around. So I wanted yeah. to push them around and. Form a, a a pile where they're together. <laughs> you could totally <laughs> and, do that. And they were going, uh, 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 and, and and I didn't finish making the pile because Jamie told me to stop. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you leave the section, they're like, "He's gone. Let's run, boys." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Damn yeah. it, they played dead. But yeah, uh, the the combat is you know, like I said, that you can tackle it like an action game because there are actions that you can do, like per character. Where you can cancel out animations, or at the very least, like specifically, Kunyana with Cloud. Yeah, canceling. Cloud has great. two key key stances, right? The operator mode, which lets you uh, have free movement and has like standardized attacks, or you go to Punisher mode, which is his, this is his heavy hitting stance, and That's you lose your block, mode. but you get um, a counter parry, right, yeah. on normal attacks. So, um, switching stances, you know, is it takes long enough that you can miss your window of attack for certain enemies but if you do it uh, mid-string on certain animations of your operator stance you can actually like um, go off the recovery frames and instead use that to switch into Punisher and maybe shave off a few microseconds off your your attack string like a fighting game oh my god like a fighting game and you know the, the fun part that the game I think doesn't tell you is when you switch stances it puts you in um, parry frames yeah. So the white wind that encircles him, if someone hits you during that, Cloud will go into a wide spin AOE counter, which yeah, builds yeah, a yeah. ton of stagger gauge too. Oh, like I it's the coolest oh, thing to do on accident, but it's even cooler when you do it, do on, it purpose. on purpose. Yeah, and man, you get the stagger right off that. Oh god, I love staggering those <laughs> mofos. <laughs> yeah, so Cloud has a bunch of tricks on that. Um, he also has the the hold square to do a specific action depending on your stance, which mm-hmm. also has some windows of. You know, optimizing into your into that uh, the transition in between. Yeah, the, and also the new material is really interesting. Yeah, the material just gives you straight up uh, Devil May Cry move sometimes. Yeah, which also has its own series of cancellation windows, which I am just going nuts over. <laughs> I think one of my favorite ones is uh, what most people that I've talked to don't know is you know how Barrett has immediate overcharge at the start, right? Mm-hmm. And so, of course, the first thing you do at the beginning of combat is just press triangle to pop it and build up, like, say, 50 to 35 percent, 35 to 50 percent of your ATB gauge, which is, like, essentially a free action and, like, big damage. So you notice how when Barrett shoots with his regular square attack, he will overheat. Like, his, mm-hmm. his arm overheats and he, he stops doing whatever action, right? You can actually 
go into a regular charge to cancel the overheat animation and it recovers slightly faster than waiting for the overheat. So you're getting, you're getting, you're you're getting charged back. Yeah, you're dispelling the heat. So it, it comes to the point where like, I get a bit greedy where like, I'm about to overheat my gun, but my actions are filled. Let, just let me get the quick charge, then I'll do a spell, right? You know? And then I uh, eat shit for okay, it. Like, so I, could, I could have I, saved them that half a second to do something else. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> ask you, Mickey, how often has that, has that little trick, like, yielded incredible success? And how often has that trick also <laughs> gotten you into fucking trouble? <laughs> uh, when it gets me into trouble, it's purely my fault because, like, I shouldn't have gone for it, but I wanted to. You know, just to get that little yeah, yeah, suck on this, blah blah blah. Hashtag or you know no those regrets. moments where like your ATB is filled, but I press overcharge, and I'm yeah. like, fuck, I should have used that first. I, I should have done an action first. You know, no regrets. So, like, no reg- <laughs> no, I'm in it now. I just gotta commit. So every character has their own little tricks of that, and it's absolutely fantastic. All the characters feel incredibly different. Yeah, that's a great. And thing they're also. all fun to me. Like all their actions are incredibly unique. They all have strengths and weaknesses. So when you encounter those um, solo battles where you can't use another character, you have to think about how to build your loadout specifically to complement your weaknesses. Mm-mm. Which is what makes me wish for loadout saving even more. Yeah. <laughs> Just like God damn it, game! You made the combat this deep, but you omitted to have the ability to save loadouts because. Yeah. Just, just it's two so loadouts. Good. Just two loadouts or three loadouts. Come on, guys. Fuck, it's- even just one. Christ. It's better than nothing. <laughs> two would be the best. Like a solo build and your, your group build would be nice. Mm-mm. Oh, God. The combat is so good. Oh, did we lose Carlos? <laughs> oh, no, I'm still here. I don't know. I'm still here. <laughs> what about you, Loss? You're also the big action man. I, I, what do you yeah, think Loss, about the I, I hear you're playing this game, too. <laughs> no, I finished it. I Rumor has it. He's beaten it. I think I finished yeah. it already. No, was, Rumor has it he's still there. No, I pretty much agree with what you guys said, and like it's they brought up the original and they gave it in a good way. It was actually pretty cool. They managed to sneak in the ATB system in a good way. Yep, which is what I wasn't expecting. I was fully expecting this to be FF15 combat. Mm-mm. It's a mix it's, of. It's, I mean, it kind um, of is, but it's it just it just flat better. out better. It's, it's like, a mix. It's a good evolution. It's a mix of it's Final like Fantasy VII's system with Final Fantasy XV combat and the stagger system of Final Fantasy XIII. I'm good. kind of so. wishing like we get a new Dissidia game with a similar type of system now. You know, just to make it less spammy. Man, can I just say there also there all there all also be guys who'd be like. Uh, the people who would be like, alright guys, what's the next game Square Enix should remake? Let them finish Final Fantasy yeah. 7 yes, first! Yes, please. <laughs> Jesus Christ! We need, we need at least three more, or two more, <laughs> before we can finish the story off. Like, guys, Jesus. <laughs> Let them finish their work. Tetsuya Nomura <laughs> takes forever to finish Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh my, he didn't <laughs> even know he was the director for like, the first 30% of development. I know, I know. <laughs> Passing the torch without telling them. But yeah. No, but yeah, that's. Um, he probably went into the office and then you know, he, he saw he saw his things had been moved. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. Um, what else you guys think about the the game? Okay, so this game is amazing, but it's not perfect. Yeah, and that's like um, I'd say that this game, at the very least, in in Square Enix's track record, this game does gamification a lot better than it's done beforehand. 
Yeah. But at the same time, you get those moments where, like, this is obviously padding. I'm spending five hours here when, when story progress is literally in the next room. But how I open this door, I have to run around for ten hours doing whatever the fuck. Yeah, um, I tend to think of it more positively, but at the same time, I also find it frustrating in the sense that, I, okay, so there's this Wired article about the game, like, they reviewed it, and they said, there's a phrase they use, they call it, all filler, all killer, meaning <laughs> there's a way that the game is padded out to feel like story beats take forever to happen, mm-hmm. and so that means, yes, there is filler, but the actual filler never feels... It doesn't feel tedious, but it does make you feel impatient. You know what I mean? Exactly, like, exactly. That's yeah, the, so, so that's like, the feeling. Yeah, so like the, I think the biggest moment for me is like when you leave Don when you leave Don Corneo's uh, play uh, the, the 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 phase of the story where you're with Don Corneo and you have to get to another point in the story at, mm-hmm. at Sector Seven. Uh, it's like a three hour journey of combat and traveling through through territory, mm-hmm. and all of that is enjoyable. But I'm almost like, seriously, guys, you made me go for three hours of this stuff just to get to the next story beat. <laughs> it's that, and then they throw like a bunch of silly mini games at you on the way. Yeah, like the whole robot arms to make platforms. That is so unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. I don't it remember that happening. Could have just been a straight shot of combat. But wasn't that in the original game? I forget. It was just there no. as part of the background. The robot arms. That's just there. Yeah, yeah they, the they weren't a mini game. It was just there. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. I thought especially what was really interesting was they kept the train yard segment from the original game. Oh yeah, that that entire chapter is completely made up with with the the enemies you fight there. I'd yeah. say that was a uh, like a cute moment too, but you can tell like that's where it pads things out. But I I'd say especially um come the last 3 chapters Matthew, you're going to feel it. Yeah. Like it's going to be a lot more obvious like in your eyes up front. Like it's still fun, but you really feel the impatience building up. Like, like this, yeah, this I'm, doesn't I'm have to be that now. Like, it'll be Dude, even chapter worse. seventeen is yeah. probably the most Ch- egregious. Chapter one. seventeen, yeah. is, I agree with Miggy because it's like you don't need to bring it all the way. This okay, it didn't fine. have to be that long. Yeah. Like, I, I don't mind the moment, but they extend it further than you feel like it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Like, granted that the the fight after that is balls hard, but yeah. you know, leveling up isn't as important as a factor here as it was back then. Yeah, I just, I just, I just, I, I just feel like there's this weird uh, sensibility that informs the project direction or the creative direction or whatever game design. Like, where they were all like, okay, you know, we need to have quote unquote gameplay or content in these <laughs> parts, and fortunately, none of that is bad. But also, it feels yeah. like it's working at the expense of the rhythm and pacing of the story, which in itself is already going to be like. For me already, I'm feeling like, oh, I can't wait to get to like the parts of the game that I know some spoilers about, or I I, I can't mm-hmm. wait to get to 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 all these revelations at the end of the game. Like, goddamn it, video game, let me finish you already. But I also know that when I get to that part, I'll be like, what? The video game's over. <laughs> yeah, um, I'd say like some of the padding, especially once you unlock hard mode, mm-hmm. that's when the challenge comes in, because mm-hmm. uh, hard mode has this um feature where you you can restore HP but MP is a limited resource 
Mm. Yeah. You cannot use items to refill your magic gauge. You cannot use items to heal. So everything is dependent on how much you spend or you how much you control spending MP to do certain actions. So can you still smash boxes to taste the mako? D- dude, no, mako shards yeah. is something I j- just want sometimes. That becomes that becomes like actually a key then, thing I was for the like, mode for sure. Yeah, seven MP is like the greatest thing you can get from a box. That's a heal or two. <laughs> That's that's a heal like yeah. healing uh, base level spells are four MP, like that's when it starts to count. And just thinking about how long certain combat sections are, that's where the the challenge comes in. But during the initial playthrough, you're like this moment could have been cut in half, and by half it's literally five more hours. Because <laughs> yeah. I swear that final chapter is fuck, man. I wish that they it actually didn't have to be that. I wish long. Square could at least you know share some padding and put it in RE three. In a way, so that you know, yeah, <laughs> RE3 needed more, man. Jesus, because uh, that's a that's a good example of one game with too much padding and one game with just not enough padding. And the thing is, yeah. Resident Evil Three uh, already took out some of the stuff that was in it. <laughs> in lieu of some other <laughs> new took, stuff, let's take out. Let's take out. Let's take out. They took out the choices and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, man. Um, but is it? I don't know. Like when I was uh, when I was actually thinking about the game, and I was like, "Yeah, this has a lot of padding." Um, but you know, I I, I want to say, guys, like even though, like again, not a big Final Fantasy VII fan, we this get is it. A yeah. big, this is a big, <laughs> big convert. This is a big win for me. Like this yep. game has made me a convert, and shockingly, it's my first uh, gaudy candidate for the year, first game of the year candidate of the year. Actually, I think I'm also with Matt on that because there's a lot of aspects of the game that they just I feel they do right yeah, yeah. I feel like for the community the for yeah. those who love JRPGs in general or just because even if you take out all the fan base and the fan everything about it it's just also just a really good video game it's just a good game it's a good and game I, I was I was in the fear of like maybe this will only be good to like Final Fantasy 7 fans or you no, know, at the very least, it's gonna be a mediocre, slightly above average Square game. But or what, um, if, what if the other scenario? What if like what would be really weird is you know, Mikoy, What if it's like, oh, this game is only good to people who have never played Final Fantasy VII? That could have been another scenario. That could have been it, right? Like mm. I was hard pessimistic um, when it came to tackling this game because as I was playing it, like it's really good, but I wouldn't say it's game of the year material. But now that I've beaten it. I'm on board that game of the year train. <laughs> it's like, oh god, they're right. It's just so good. And um, uh, what I wanted to bring up was, you know how like remakes, especially, especially um, games are uh, games need to appeal to a wider array of you know a wider audience. Right. Meaning not just the OG fans, not just people who actively play video games for you know as a hobby. It needs to appeal to even the casual market which is by far a greater percentage of what we are right yeah and like and um, it's, you know it's it's also just the fact that you need to have larger audiences to justify the production expenses for games like exactly. this anyway yeah right like it needs to stand alone as a, as its own product and not, and not just bank on like you know the the hard fans that have followed it for all these years and from what i'm seeing is that like the new crowd who haven't you know who doesn't know that Eris gets stabbed by Sephiroth is is all like, yo, this game is pretty good. 
I mean, some of these people already know Eris gets stabbed because it's part of internet legend, but at the same right. time, they don't have that personal connection with the character, and I think it's incredibly exciting to think about that, to think about the new generation <laughs> of gamers who are just going to be like, who get to discover these, these characters for the very first time. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, think wanna, that's, I that's actually incredible. am kind of curious in the Final Fantasy, the original Final Fantasy VII sales now, because I wouldn't, if I, after finishing the game, I was like, I kind of want to play the game again. Just, you know. Like, I'm gonna go through just to see way. how much of a difference it's made in certain yeah. segments, or just move so. fast, you know, Midgar, like to get more of the story. Dude, like, I, I, just want, I just want to do it. I want to do. No, it. Like, I forgot I most play. of the story of the original game. Yeah, I mean, I, I, what's no, astonishing no. is what's astonishing is how much I remember. <laughs> like I, I remember the big beats. I remember the big beats of the game, but it's just like just yeah. going through like those like. I've like a high end one, like <laughs> group of people with all the material, all like just just all that fun. And I want I'm kinda curious if there's a lot of people actually just having the same thought, like I wanna play it again. Or even the ones like you mentioned. Just to know what happens next. No, just to experience yeah. like yeah, to go know what happens and to just play You mean to like the people who read Harry Potter novels after they watch the first movie, you know, just be like, Ah yeah, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Because I was like, you know, oh my god, there's like so 300% uh, sales on Steam for Final Fantasy VII. Thanks, remake. <laughs> the, the, the HD. The HD 4K <laughs> remake, yeah. The HD and, you know, port of the original The remastered. Game. <laughs> you know, I think I think it cannot be understated what a, what a monumental accomplishment this game is, regardless of how one feels it is in terms of like as a quality game or not or whatever it's still kind of a monumental accomplishment no matter what in the sense that it right. really redefines the concept of what a remake is because we've had yeah. we've had rem- we've yeah. had remasters yeah. where people like where games get upscaled and the graphics get improved or whatever like Metal Gear Solid gets converted from let's say you know PS2 to PS4 or whatever or we've seen versions where definitive editions where they just take the same game mm-hmm. but they uh, they redo all the art assets like Spyro the Dragon where you know or 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 Wonder Boy where it goes mm-hmm. from pixel art to cartoon art but yeah. no other remake has ever tried to accomplish what Final Fantasy 7 exactly. has done in the sense of not just um, making things feel more palatable from an audiovisual presentation, but give serious reconsideration to, you know, how mechanics work, how the story is told, what the characters are saying, you know, what the what what the structure of the whole work will be. And so, I think Final Fantasy VII Remake is the beginning of something very exciting, not mm-hmm. just the beginning of 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 this supposedly episodic saga, which you know could be anywhere between two, three, four, or five games, or it's also the beginning of something that may lead to future remakes of other titles that do more than just you know bring the graphics to an Unreal Engine platform or what fucking ever. <laughs> right. So I'd say, in terms of you know the trend of what a remake is supposed to be, the first one to actually break the like at least um, make a good standard was the Resident Evil Two remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because up until then, we've had like sure remasters, or you know, the word remake hasn't been cleared because mm-hmm. you know some companies would treat it as a remaster or parang there is graphics no from the ground up, right? Like graphics yeah. from the ground up, but it's exactly the same game, like the Crash Bandicoot one or the yeah, Spyro yeah. one. Yeah. Or you'd have like companies straight up lie by saying it's a remake, but it's actually just a remaster with better textures. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Like I think what you're saying is like there's no the companies or the marketing will yeah. call it remake or remaster, but there is no universally agreed perception right. of what that what what technologies techniques constitute that label. You know? Yeah. 
I mean, there, there are all those Final Fantasy ports that we have. Wherein, yeah, sure, they uh, they they ported it to work on an Android tablet or a or a or a modern PC, and the the character models are high res, but textures for the backgrounds are shit because they couldn't find the assets for that because <laughs> Square, you know, lost the original assets. <laughs> right. I so, uh, hope they well, use the word reimagining, okay. so because mm-hmm. that's what I feel about Final Fantasy VII R. <laughs> Um, because There's a discussion about that somewhere, yeah. specifically yeah, R- for this game. <laughs> and but yeah, Amigo is right. RE2 remake sort of like paved the way, but Final yeah, Fantasy VII. This has broken really past that wall, <laughs> and is just it's becoming a completely different experience. And RE2 remake was just last year. You didn't think they would break <laughs> you break can't. that like so soon after, you know? Oh, big, 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 big. It's, move, it's Resident know? Evil too, right? It's not a remake. They just flat out just like Heart yeah, Resident Evil. Resident yeah, even Evil with RE3, it's also a remake. They didn't slap the word remake. They didn't really slap the remake. Yeah, that's why in, in my review, I only call it Resident Evil 3 2020 because officially speaking. Same with Doom, I guess. Yeah. Because yeah. it's Doom 2016, yeah, right? And if anything, people put a remake as a, as a formality on websites just to maintain clarity. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's for a, sure. It's yeah. A, it's, they, they do that to maintain clarity, but at the same time, they confuse the, the meaning of remaster and remake as one sometimes. Yeah. So back then, um, before I'd say RE2, that term was not clear as to what it meant. Mm-mm. But this game has cemented, you know, <laughs> like this is what a remake should be. It should be completely different, but at the same time, you know, hit some some similarities from the previous or the original, and what I don't know, man. It's it's destroyed my expectations as to what this game would. Uh, yeah, now now be. now I I fear I fear for literally every game designer or game studio right now, and I don't think there are many, or I don't think there are any that I know who is thinking, ah, we are going to remake our classic game, and then they look at FF Seven remake and they're just like. Oh, okay. I mean, let's not do that. <laughs> no, I hope I hope they take it as a as a challenge because I really want it to be a thing where we have we definitely see classics come over from any other genre because that's the reason why I like RE two remake mm-hmm. and it was my game of the year and same reason with Final Fantasy seven R and the fact that okay we have survivor horror remade done JRPG remade done you know anything's possible at this point because definitely people like soak it in if done right. Give me, right. give, give, give me fucking Dino Crisis. Give me Parasite yeah, Eve. Dude. Yeah. Give me Valkyrie pa- no, Profile. Give, no, give me Parasite Eve. I would love to have Parasite Eve. Give, give me Valkyrie Profile, motherfucker. Give me Chrono Trigger. Chrono Cross Trigger. that isn't linked to Chrono Trigger. I was about to yes, say, Chrono, about to say Chrono, Chrono Trigger, but fine. Chrono Cross is actually pretty good, too. Give me Xenogears. Xenogears. Or the remake of Super Mario Bros. Like any, other, like any of those. Um, Nintendo announced that we're getting Xenoblade Chronicles. Remaster. And that looks right. remaster, but it looks like it's made from the ground up, because the assets look completely different than the original. I don't game. remember the original, so I can't. I I uh, do, yeah. and the as much as as how good the original game was, that game was like dog shit. You know, and if need, it was just as simple as a graphics update, it is. Com- it looks completely different. Wait, like, well, the, was Trial of Mana a remaster or remake? Because they, they they rebuilt that Trial of Mana game, right? Or am I wrong? Re- I think it's a full remake because wasn't the original one a 2D that's game? That's why, that's why. I was like, so <laughs> yo, 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 yo. Yeah. You know, we, need, we need remakes of bad games. That's what we need. We need remakes oh, dude, of Pepsi right Man. To hell. Pepsi Man. <laughs> Pepsi Man is not a bad game. Is Shut it, uh... up. We <laughs> <laughs> need Pepsi Man anyway. in English because that game never came out in English. Mortal Kombat 10, I think, is a remake, but sure. <laughs> oh, no, dude. Or is it Mortal 9? Kombat. 
Nine. Nine. Nine was the remake. Okay, there you go. But, uh, but Mortal Kombat has exceeded past what you can do with Mortal Kombat. Sorry, Dude, I look said up reboot. Uh, that was the word. Yeah. No, no, no. Here, Mortal Kombat has also gone past this, in a sense where where do you go from here? Where do we Be- go from no, here? Ca- cause no, because for real, MK11 does something crazy where it acknowledges every single version of Mortal Kombat that has ever come out in the entirety of its lifespan. Well, does it there. end with Does it end with with, with Chronicle going? And I'll be rid of turtles forever. <laughs> Dude, you wish. Like, as in, Liu Kang can make whatever game he fucking wants. Wait, wait. Before uh, we derail I, I, ourselves, um, <laughs> did we we didn't mention them, but did we, did we mention about the the the, the JPEGs? Of Final Fantasy VII R, yeah. oh. we didn't mention oh. this yet. That's specifically a problem yeah. that I have yelled about. No, and <laughs> I and I highly agree, which is funny every <laughs> single time it happens. Whoa, 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 what are we talking about? The background. This game, this <laughs> fucking FF7 remake has some horrendous skyboxes sometimes. Yeah, when you're like overlooking the city from afar, instead of like rendering <laughs> the the buildings, they just put a backdrop of like a JPEG. That a really poorly low res compressed JPEG. Yeah, too. and it oh my and God. it just like it just shows inconsistency with how good how good the game looks. Um, well, that's every because the PS4 should have been put out to pasture two years ago. <laughs> I just want I just want to point it out because they have like it's not a, um we're giving the game a lot of praise, but it's definitely not a perfect game. Critically, there is issues oh, yeah. about it. Like for me personally, as some someone who was waiting for a remake like this and it happened, like it just this exceeded my expectations. But in terms of about, critic, I don't know about you, Carlos, but uh, this game is getting a ten <laughs> out of ten after I got my check from Square Enix. <laughs> oh my god, sponsored. Sponsored podcast. Please. Well, since I'm not being I'm not being paid and you're being paid, I'll give it a nine. <laughs> uh, isn't the deal that you have to mention it's sponsored every twenty minutes or so? Or hashtag? No, 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 no. The title has to be hashtag ad, and that's about it. We're good. Hashtag ad. Yeah. Hashtag sponsored. That's about it. No, but um, it has like uh, definitely technical they're issues. They're sending me. A, they're, with... they're, they're paying me. They're sending me the super secret copy of Valkyrie Profile Remake. <laughs> Lenith in exchange for the PSP. Amazing. <laughs> For the Vita, no, um, yeah, like this game is like don't don't get me wrong, this game is gorgeous, but when there are moments where it's not, just you don't look at it too hard. Cloud, yeah, Cloud's door, door tech- holy Cloud's shit. Door, door is like door the big. Yeah, those yeah. three doors refuse to load, no matter how long you look at them. Cloud's door and the the railings <laughs> in his the house, the the where he is really, where he li- where he sleeps is really a, a big I, like, testament to what's when wrong. I, when I was sharing those atrocious screenshots, people were going like, "Oh, hindi ko kasi naka PS4 Pro kaya pang." No. And I'm like, dude, it's the same for everyone. <laughs> it's not like and it's, even if it was a it's not if bad. It was a it's PS4 just not loading. Pro problem, it's just not loading. Yeah, yeah. It refuses to load. It just it's almost load. as if it's not there. I've well, tested. I've tested it where I saved on one spot that was like low res. I loaded it. It didn't happen. You made it exactly the same. And I loaded it again. Then it loaded. Then like, well, how do I trigger this to perfectly? You know, if they made it on PS4, there are moments when it can load, but there are there are moments where it does not. No matter what you do. Yeah. Those get, doors will never load. Or the sandbags. You look for the sandbags. There, <laughs> those, those sandbags. There are, are certain funny. boxes too that just refuse to load. Yeah. Or the Shinra boxes in itself. They don't no, I'd I'd say it's it's um because of how pretty this game looks and how smoothly it runs. It's it it's most likely a performance thing, either that or a budget constraint in certain parts. Yeah. Yeah. Tifa's like, gotta look good, but the girl from the corner should not look good. <laughs> And like, um, I don't know the this like the skybox specifically. I don't know if it's a memory issue where they can't 
uh, widen it as far as they could have. I think it's more because yeah. to me so. it's like I the problem it's is it's, it's too close, so it doesn't give you the illusion that it's it's supposed to be something off in the distance. You can see where it, like it ends. That's that's yeah. what breaks the illusion. So um, when like the perspective, like I'd say the most egregious skyboxes are ones where you you can look downwards because that's where you see uh, like buildings stretch at angles where they shouldn't stretch yet. So like um Matthew you reach the point where you have to turn off the sun lamps right Yeah and you cross that like little rickety bridge and Barrett yeah, goes yeah, oh yeah, don't yeah. look down I'm afraid of heights Look down and, and then you, you do look down and like man <laughs> down. those houses look terrible So, so are you t- are you telling us that Barrett Barrett telling us to not look down is the developers telling us to not look down Pretty much dude But we do anyway <laughs> whenever you yeah. say don't look down we How always can you look not? down You yeah. can see the folds in in Midgar Yeah anyway Oh my god! But I just want to point that that's out. A performance thing. Yeah, I want to oh, point that out guy. because that that sticked out like a sore thumb all throughout like my forty. But hour. also, um, what's amazing about this game is that I I counted only four pre-rendered cutscenes, like the opening, of course, the ending, and then there's two scenes where it's too pretty to to have in game render, but everything else is purely game rendered. Like Wait. even the fi- even the Advent Children like levels of crazy cutscenes. Are pre are like game rendered. I personally like the rent like the in-game graphics more than the rendered the CG anima- cinematics. No, no, no of course, but like um, the the fidelity of the pre-rendered cutscenes is it, it's too elaborate to be done via the game render. Yeah, or so it was even, though, even, like, though even though there's video compression going on, there's just too many things going on for it to have been possible in the engine. Yeah, like if if these certain effects were to play out in a normal game rendered cutscenes, your PS4 would catch fire. You know, mm-hmm. there there's too many particles on screen, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, yeah, like this game runs so well. Like uh, even some of the in-game animations that are incredibly cinematic just work so smoothly. That it's hard to get this game to like not perform at thirty frames per second or sixty or whatever, you know. I can't. I cannot wait for the inevitable PC port. <laughs> no, dude. Have they announced one officially? No, um, they haven't said it in their. They haven't verbally said it or written it. But there is. But it's not out of the. The realm latest of trailer has like, ooh, PC gameplay. Uh, take uh, then footage yeah, taken in PC. I'm like. It is. Wow. It is widely assumed by the cognoscenti based on the, a, a recent trailer that said. Uh, footage taken from PC yeah, that this said, is an yeah. indication that there will be a PC version even though it categorically is not a statement of such well hopefully they repaint some of those skyboxes cause hot damn yeah no, yeah, no, <laughs> some no. of them are hella the, 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 the master race will lose their shit <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it might be a problem where the like the in-game lighting is also just really good Mm-mm-mm-mm. because like the, the lighting is incredibly dynamic fucking the shadows are high res as hell Mm-hmm. So, like, it comes to a point where certain shading in the skybox that would doesn't obscure, match. That would yeah, yeah, obscure it, it, a game. Like, the uh, contrast doesn't match what you're seeing on the yeah. characters, which is yeah. what breaks the illusion in certain points. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I can't fault it for that. It's just that it's sometimes it's just so ugly sometimes that you cannot look away. So, yeah. <laughs> So it's also, I guess like no I, I, last bit for the skyboxes. Um, you know how <laughs> certain games have it so that the skybox moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to give a faux sense of you know um, motion going on, like the, the clouds move and all that. In FF7R, the skyboxes are purely stationary. 
<laughs> which I think also like breaks the, which makes the <laughs> accentuate some of the problems even more. So uh, it, I'm sure it'll be great once we leave Midgar, so we don't have to look at the a pizza in the sky. We have to look at an actual <laughs> sky, which might make it look better. But I don't know. We'll leave, uh, we'll leave that Midgar special behind. Yeah, man, that Millennium Falcon is looking pretty old in the sky. The garbage will do. <laughs> But yeah, I think that's and Square I, Enix saying that's garbage. <laughs> Use uh, it. <laughs> and that has been. <laughs> huh? I was uh, pretending to outro this this podcast. <laughs> what else we got? Um, Outside of spoilers. No, I think it's about. I think it's about it. And I see uh, Miguel Samson has joined the chat. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, I think that's it for Final Fantasy VII Remake, unless there's anybody else who wants to say anything else. Uh, pretty much, that's that's me outside of the story beats. Yeah. Super good. Not perfect, but I'd still say the good heavily outweighs the bad. I, I, I feel like for me, like I, could, I can complain about the game, but all of it feels like incredible nitpicking or just kind Super of like... Super nitpicking, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, like, yeah. like. Like, I, I was even, you know, joking to myself. Let's say the one version of my review would be like, you know, 9 out of 10, minus 1 point because, <laughs> you know, which is game takes too long to play. <laughs> right. But it, 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 like the, like say the padding and side quests don't hit the point where, you know how most games make it like just egregious enough that you can dock at a point? Yeah. Like most of it is pretty condensed that if you know where to look, you can still breeze through it pretty fast. Uh, yeah. My, my, minus one point for be, for for being too good. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be perfect. Game, it game, doesn't yeah. exist. <laughs> Games should not be allowed to be this good. Minus one. <laughs> it made me cry. Nine out of ten. For doing for doing more than was more than the minimum <laughs> requirements of your homework. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Potter, <laughs> I dock you 50 points from House Gryffindor. It's not turn-based, 9 out of 10. Oh my god. But yeah, I think that's it for the for episode 200. Um, 200, guys! We made it big, to 200. Big podcast special. Yeah. And I think we're going to do the... What? The, the one where we talk about everything... Spoilery. Spoiler cast. Story beats, baby. For 557R, which should be out, should be out already. About. So, you know, it should be up there. So, if you guys want to, you know, join the discussion about that, you know, jump right over there. And, you know, by then, I by the time that spoiler cast drops, you should have my official review. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, and the MIGs will join us. So, that'll be like a four man. Uh, discussion about a big pizza, a big pizza, a big, a big, big gathering pizza in the sky. about you know the what happened and how. I guess also talking about how what are we going to do moving forward as well oh, with man, what they've yeah. done. So that's like one of those two things we might be able to tackle on that spoiler cast. So, but yeah, um, I think that's it. Thanks, guys. Um, if you want to hear other content like this, just you know, drop it on the TMG podcast and all our, our other content at www.toomuchgaming.net and if you want to hear more about Matthew what's your Twitter again? at Arcelia Matthew you can yell at me for all your opinions about video games yeah and I think that's about it 
Uh, see you guys in the next one. See ya. Bye. Toodaloo. <laughs>